When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. On the Golden Hurricane Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, this is Eye of the Hurricane Podcast, the official podcast of University of Tulsa Athletics. Hello, podcast world. Welcome in to In the Club, part of the Eye of the Golden Hurricane Podcast Network from the University of Tulsa, Learfield IMG College. I am Jeremy Poplin, joined by the big O, Jerry Ostrowski. This is a podcast in which we go through the inner workings of the athletic department at the University of Tulsa, and there will be an opportunity in a one-off episode like this to give some general thoughts on the overall landscape of college athletics, which I feel like is something that both of us are incredibly interested in and want to bring a, a little bit more light to the subject that happens to be a major talking point right now in the world of college athletics. Big O, how are you, man? I'm doing great, man. What's going on, Pop? Nothing much. I, you know, this week has been, it's been strange because I feel like that there are, there are a ton of issues right now that are happening, mainly coming out of the state of California. And the problem I think is in an instance like this that we get into, and I talked with Dr. Derek Gregg about this on Tuesday, which was, we have a law like this that is signed. We know that we have 39 months until we get to implementation of said law but yet everyone wants all the answers right away to how things work. 
I think that we're both in full agreement with what has been signed now, the Fair Pay to Play Act in California. There's the great unknown, isn't there? Isn't that what everyone's concern is about right now, including the NCAA, each individual institution? And there's an unknown as much as we want to sit here and say, whether your opinion is this is good or this is on the negative side, there's an unknown even from the athlete's perspective on this. It, it, first of all, it's such a Hollywood move, <laughs> this, this, whole, this whole likeness image thing. Can it's, we get into the, to the Hollywood aspect of it for a minute? Sure. Because I, because I think there's a, there's a very important part of this that I think needs to be brought up, is you have the governor, Gavin Newsom, from California go on. One, where did he sign this bill? He signed it inside of the barbershop on LeBron James's show that airs on HBO, and he was going on various television programs, nationally shows, that were might be tending to lean one way or the other, and, and that's fine. I think there's a little bit of a forward-thinking element to the governor who knows that at some point you've got to get reelected. So th- there are things where I cringe at always when I always hear certain individuals say things like, we're doing what's best for the people. When we know by now, sometimes mixed inside that, there's a few sprinkles of, I'm also doing what's best for me. Yes, and it's he's doing what's best for him as far as re-election. LeBron is doing what's best for him. Correct. That was my biggest issue with the whole bill, was seeing LeBron there. And LeBron's the champion of this thing. You, you know, if you're going to do this, you don't need LeBron. Part of it is LeBron's, um, you know, A, I mean, you could look at his free marketing for him and his company. Mm-hmm. You can look at it as when LeBron had the issue with the NCAA coming down and trying to pass the law that said, or the rule that said your agent has to have a degree. Correct. That's That was, you know, LeBron's agent obviously doesn't. Um, you know, so there's a thing there. So there, there, everybody has something in it. It's not like that. that's my biggest issue. It's not like everybody's going, man, we feel so bad for the kids. We just got to we got to get them more money. We got everybody else is helping themselves with this as well. No, this of isn't just about the kids. Yeah. Well, and LeBron's image has all has turned into and has morphed into from from various comments by various people. The the going back to the shut up and dribble a basketball comment. Yes. From that moment forward, LeBron James has taken it upon himself to be, in his eyes, a difference maker. He's going to do everything in his power that he can to feel like to change a system that he deems that is unfair. Now, when all this is said and done, that's all well and fine if you want to be that. But I also sit back and chuckle a bit at the fact that you didn't have to go through this because it wasn't it wasn't enacted when right. you came out of high school. Right. And hey, the the players' association in the NBA and the union, not like you guys were leaning on trying to change some of these rules in the first place. You kind of kicked your feet up and let all a lot of this happen on its own right because the question was asked to LeBron, "Hey, what responsibility does professional basketball play in this?" And LeBron was like. Eh, I'm going to shrug my shoulders on this. So exactly. easy on the patting yourself on the back. Right. I mean, it's one of those things where those guys are all – it's all fine and dandy until you start cutting into their pie. And when you start taking from them, then there's issues. But, you know, without trying to sound like the guy, you know, we've we've come up with such a – the country's divided in a lot of ways, more so than any other time that I can remember 
and it's not only divided down party lines, it's divided down socioeconomic. There's all these, but there's this big, I've never heard more screaming about generations. Mm-hmm. Generation Z, Generation X, baby boomers, millennials, this whole thing. And it's it's like, you know, I'm the older person, so you don't, you don't understand. You don't understand. It's about, you know, it's about us. We're about there there's so much of this nowadays it's it's that that drives me crazy insane in, in itself but by the way it's ingrained in us by the way yes in, in all of us in yes. in many generations and that at my opinion that that personally doesn't do anything to help bring us together in any aspect when you're constantly trying to separate us based off of demos right am i am i 49 yes had did i play football back in the day when we had basically i want to i'd like to say you know, some people would say no benefits at all. I see a lot of benefits to what I had when I played football. But, you know, so there's there's a constant thing. I'm trying to be open-minded about this mm-hmm. because times do progress. Things do change. And, you know, there's a lot of things that, that happen that you need to reexamine over time. But the biggest deal about this is if this – what I don't think – people understand is if this law goes into effect yes can a player publish their own youtube channel could a player technically go down to the jimmy johns and do a poster for jimmy johns and get six months of jimmy john whatever but it also opens up the money making aspect and you and i talked about this a little while ago the money-making aspect, not only for the NCAA, but for the schools. Mm-hmm. Because as we know, and you talked about earlier, and I kind of wanted you to get into that a little bit, they leave a lot of money on the table by holding true to the quote-unquote amateur model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not all this money's not going to go to the players. It's going to allow well, the NCAA and the schools to make more money as well. Can we talk about the market for a moment? Because I hear a lot of one side or the other. Opening up the market, or this market is not going to be as big as what we, th- as big as what some people think that it is. Here's the real truth in this: we don't know. We don't know, and until we get a few years into this, we don't know what there. If there's something out there that yet that hasn't been created yet, where it hasn't, that you're not able to take advantage of it. We don't know. Now, as much as I want to sit here as someone that works in a business that is predicated upon advertising to keep the lights on, um, I'm here to tell people that it sounds great to say that a young man could go down and get an endorsement deal with a mom-and-pop business. That's easier said than done. You talk to anyone that's in sales on a regular basis (laughs) – and you know as well as I do, there's not an exorbitant amount of extra money just lying around. A lot of that is dedicated to, you know, very specific marketing budgets. Um, so this, hey, you could go down here and get X amount of dollars. Man, I'm I'm hesitant on that, but also I understand that there's at least an ability to it because I don't think any of us know exactly what that market is. And, and one of the examples I think that is a great one is – If anyone is familiar with the Cameo website or Cameo app, it is essentially where they take all the way down from A-list celebs all the way down to Z-list celebs. I mean, if there's a reality TV show star that you want 
the the bagel guy that was an internet sensation for right. a while. You could pay him twenty bucks and he gives you a hello message. I got you. Now they get a certain percentage of that. That's something that I'm talking about that was invented recently. Right. That not a lot of people have a concept of that just to wrap your mind around an idea of, oh well, maybe someone could get some money off of this. But I think that's the hustle that the I go back to it again here. I just talked about it and I want to talk about it, but you go to it, the millennial or yes. the common day athlete, the ever, this 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 time and day athlete understands, mm-hmm. and I think that's the hustle that those guys can make money on the YouTube channel, the that app. What was the app again? Cameo. The Cameo app. Those types of things, very resourceful uh, type things you can use, and those are the types of uh, of stuff that I think you'll see a lot of guys use. But you know, as far as just starting a full far more with that on YouTube and things like that than just going down and saying, "Hey, why don't you have me come in and sign autographs?" I keep hearing that example, and right. I hate that example. Right, because that's not what no, that's the, this generation's athletes about. Yeah, that's not that's nineteen seventy, nineteen eighty. Right, they don't want you know they could care less about autographs. No, it's about snaps. Yes, it's about being seen on social media. Yes, and I think that. We keep going to, well, are we going to see, you know, are we going to see um, the starting quarterback at the University of Tulsa doing car ads for the Ford house here in town? I I don't know, but that's probably not it, and it's probably not really what that guy wants to do anyway. Mm-hmm. So, I know, there's so many different areas, there's so many different things. Here's the other deal. Who's marketable and who's not marketable? Um. Who are you going to, you know, we they had a symposium a few weeks ago that Dr. Gregg and I were talking about that he went to. He said that they, they kind of estimated most teams had one to three. Mm-hmm. One to three athletes that were very, very highly marketable. And the other aspect of it is I'm going to give you some schools that you wouldn't think of that would be in the middle of this thing that would make the most money on this likeness image. Here's some schools that you got to think of. Stanford, University of California, Berkeley. USC, well, North I stopped, Carolina. Those three that you mentioned off the top, I'm thinking of all the Olympic athletes that exactly. come out of there. And Katie Ledecky is one of the prime examples. Exactly. Stanford has 30, as of 2016, had 30 Olympians on their team, on, mm-hmm. their, on, their, on their campus. Berkeley had 15, all the way down to Indiana University had six. Those are, you know, when you flip on a commercial and it's a Wheaties commercial, they don't have Jalen Hurts or Tua doing the Wheaties commercial, it's Katie Ledecky. It's those types of uh, – uh, it's Olympians. And, you know, so that whole – I mean, there's so many different angles of this thing. And that's what's – I don't know if an hour can cover all No, of an, an hour definitely cannot cover um, all of the, the different elements to it by far. I I keep going back, and, and again, part of it, what we don't understand – Yes, there might be one to three marketable athletes per campus or even per sport. Let's just take it as per campus, all right? right? What people have to understand, though, is that in all of this, one of the big elements to this was the Ed O'Bannon case in which he won, in which that stopped the production of of the video games. You know this from your playing days. Part of of this that I think hasn't been talked about enough yet is if they go back to making video games and they have a player X on the cover and someone says, oh, well, they're signing him to an endorsement deal. He's getting money for being on the cover. Okay, maybe. But, Jerry, 
when a video game is published, the rights goes to the collection and the group that is there, the right. players' association. Exactly. The the money would then be trickled down to everyone because I'm sorry, I'm playing a video game because I have all members of my favorite team on it. Or if I want to play with school X or school Y, you have to go down the line and every single has their image and likeness that's on that. Then that piece of the pie gets divvied up. So players at the time in the league were – I. I don't know if, how it's broken down individually on your check, but I'm sure that there was an element there that saw that, oh, well, here's the latest version of Madden, and here's what we were getting paid as a collection, as, as the group, for video games. You know, and here's the, here's the rub, and you talk about that, and you're right. It's a group thing. If you really want to get down into this model and you want to dig down deeper, if the athlete wants to do something that they can control the most profit I would think it is that social media aspect or whatever else, because here's why. You and I both know a person or an athlete that goes to do an endorsement, they're known because of what? They play at a specific school. That mm -hmm. school's trademarked. Yes. Okay, that school's trademarked within the NCAA. So it goes back to what we talked about earlier. We don't have all the answers yet, but if this thing gets rolling downhill – and all of a sudden, the southeast kicks in. You know, South Carolina is the next state up that's looking at passing a law. All of a sudden, all these states get rolling. The NCAA is going to just let there be lawlessness, and, and they're not going to allow everybody to do what they want. So what happens? A, guy's, a guy, his picture, if they've, got, if they've got a logo from his – now all of a sudden, the school, give me some money because you're using – your likeness has our school in it, NCAA, same thing. So I think when it's all said and done, if it does go downhill and everybody wants to do this state-wise, NCAA will control it by making said athletes share back part of that endorsement money because of trademarks not only with the college they're associated with, but also the NCAA. Yeah, the, the, the toothpaste is out of the tube at this point. Right. I don't think that there's any going back. And I think, I mean, we we know for a fact that they've already had several of the working committees in which, you know, Gene Smith, the Ohio State at AD, has, has been talking about this. Um, they've been working on this since April or May because they, they know what's coming. And I think that's part of what their core mission is in these groups to try to figure out what the next step is now. Just because a bill is written a particular way in California does not mean that that is the way that the bill is going to be written in Florida. Right. That does not mean that's the way it's going to be written in South Carolina, Minnesota. We can go down the list of states that you want to that saw what California did, and it's like the prairie dog sticking his head up out of the hole like, huh? okay, yeah, let's do this. Individual states <laughs> might have different ways of looking at this. The California one specifically says, no, you are not being paid by the university on this so they have their backside covered on that we don't know about the other states there is one little trick though that the ncaa has left in this and that this is something that goes back to the unlv days with jerry tarkanian when when the ncaa came crashing down on tark at unlv utah at that time or excuse me nevada went and said you know what we're going to change we're going to change some of the laws here in the state to protect us. Right. The NCAA actually filed a lawsuit in the federal government that um, 
ended up winning because of that, because a, a state is not allowed to do certain things like that with with uh, intercommerce. So they feel like that there's probably going to be a core battle over this. Who knows who ends up coming out on top of that? But at some point, I keep hearing Mark Emmert from the NCAA say, we've got to modernize. We've got to get with the times. He's correct on that because California is forcing you to do that, and now these other states are. Here's another aspect that I don't think anybody understands, and and we all know this. It, it's I'm a mafia historian. I read a lot of mafia books. I've read a lot of mafia books. I watch a lot of mafia movies. You know, it's one thing you always can 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 count on. If someone goes out and steals a bunch of televisions out of the back of a truck and sells them, the 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 guy who runs the crime family probably didn't touch one television. But at some point, these two that did it are going to walk into his, you know, the kitchen of his club that he owns or whatever, and they're going to give him a white envelope, and they're going to give him his tribute, mm-hmm. his piece of the of the pie, okay, because he's he's the man over the family. When you look at this thing, the athlete – that goes out, gets the endorsement, does the deal, makes money. I guarantee you if this thing becomes prevalent, somehow, some way, everybody's going to handle and work in getting a piece of the pie. For instance, I'm going to give you some, some personal experience. Back in the 80s, the city of Philadelphia was having tremendous money problems. Okay, They were getting ready to go bankrupt as a city. So they all got together and they said, well, how are we going to handle this? How are we going to make money so that we don't go bankrupt? Some genius in that room, and at the time, you could use that term loosely with that group, <laughs> genius. Some genius in the room decides, we've got four professional sports teams that play here. The Eagles play at least eight games a season. The Flyers play 40-some, Sixers 40-some, you know, go down the line. If Jeremy Poplin, who's the starting center for the Portland Trailblazers, comes into Philadelphia and plays, he's earning part of his check yeah. in the city of Philadelphia. Yeah. Therefore, I should be able to tax that. Mm-hmm. Where, all of a sudden, they start taxing. They put a law in the place. If you come into town, that's why over in Jersey, all those hotels made all this money because nobody wanted to stay in the, in the Philadelphia proper the night before a game because that was just one more day of taxes they had to pay. So they avoided it by going to Jersey. Everybody slammed them for it. Within five to ten years, every city has. So when I used to file tax returns, Pop, I did like 13 to 15 tax returns a year. Yeah. Okay? How that California one worked out for you? Yeah. It was (laughs) northern New York, (laughs) which I lived in. Oh, yeah, that's Um, right. You know, so it was like when you look at this, yeah – that's great. Go out and make an extra twenty bucks, thirty bucks for it. Somebody's going to find a way to Somebody, get a piece of it. Yes. Yeah. So it, absolutely, it, you're right. It goes it, back to our thing. It, there it, are no answers yet. It it opens up uh, another element to this is the, yes the the taxing of this. And that's how I think if the NCAA has to accept this and has to allow it and has to get in front of it, the model will be they'll get paid, the individual school will get paid, and the athlete will get paid somebody's going to somebody there's going to be something in place where they're going to have to share that's my opinion do you 
have to keep the education part of this in the argument. And what I mean by that is when you sign on scholarship and then you get your education, for those that are arguing against this, that they're already getting something on it. And I'm not talking about stipends here. Let's just focus right. on the on the educational aspect of it. Right. Um, should that play a role in this? Or should, if someone is capable of doing this, it's just your opinion, um, should that not matter? No, I think that's where you're going to go next. Um, I think you you brought up a great point, and I've heard somebody talk about this. And Doctor, be nice to have Doctor Greg on because he was talking about this the other day about they if all of a sudden you start treating the stipend money, the scholarship money, the meal plan money, you start bringing your own money in. Okay, well we're going to start going ahead and figuring out ways to tax this and do this and do that, and all of a sudden the scholarship that was eighty some thousand dollars a year, including stipends and everything, all of a sudden is really only worth about forty. Yes likenesses and things like that are great you should earn money I don't think anybody should be able to go out and take your name and your number and print a bunch of t-shirts off for a dollar fifty a t-shirt and sell them for 25 and make a bunch of money off of you I don't agree with that but I will say opening up the side of it where it becomes a business and you're going out and seeking endorsements and trying to make a bunch of money opens up the door to have other things taxed and other things you know, maybe all of a sudden, hey, you're making money. Well, then you need to pay for this. There's going <laughs> to. Yeah, the entire model, by the way, is is supported by the fact that there's not taxes. Yes. On it. Yes. And, and when you open that door. Yes. <laughs> there could be consequences to this that we don't even understand yet. You're leaving school after four or five years with nothing, with no debt except for your unpaid parking tickets that you haven't paid. Because <laughs> just about everybody has that. Yes. So, I'll, you know. He, yeah, even the sideline guy has one. When we rolled out <laughs> here last time, I rolled downstairs and there was a ticket on my wind, on my windshield. I was like, really? Well, let me ask you this, Pop. And this is a question I had from somebody else. And, and it was funny. Barry Switzer, Barry likes to consider himself a historian on the NCAA. I mean, obviously, he's been in their meeting rooms in Indiana or Indianapolis quite a bit. Um you could say he's a historian, but Barry on Twitter made some comments. Barry's a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. He made he made some comments basically saying, Pop, this is the NCAA. It's their deal. Like it or don't like it, if you don't want to play by their rules, then you have to go do something else. And basically kind of making that point, they could say, well, we don't care what law is passed. Yeah, I think that's – We're our own organization. This is how we run things. That's how they won that case in See in, in Nevada against UNLV. Right. That's how they've done it. And there's a lot of people, there's a lot of good legal minds in the sports world that are saying that there's a chance they have a very good legal argument. But I'm going to ask you this. Do you think that that is what they should do? No, I don't think that they – I don't think that that's what they should do at all. I think they should – Personally, I feel like that they should adapt with the time and d get all the all the brilliant minds that operate these. And there are uh, there are thousands of brilliant minds just within you know the Division One landscape. You're trying to tell me you can't get everyone together and come up with something that makes sense for everyone on this and figure it out? Because I think you got two viewpoints. You got you got I'm right on the cusp. I'm right on the cusp of old guy and seeing things. 
I'm still traditional in a lot of my thoughts, but I do allow myself to be progressive in a lot of things. I'm kind of right on the edge, my age group. You got people that are older than me that are like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Um, so it's – that's <sighs> – you know, th- the biggest argument I think you're going to hear from, from the traditionalists and the people that really are strongly behind the amateur model is the term. You're going to hear this term, I think, over and over again as this thing progresses along over the next 30-some months before California gets passed, if South Carolina does theirs. Is the bag man legal now? Mm-hmm. That, I think, is your big – I think that's the biggest worry. Is the bag man legal? If I want this kid to go to a, a specific school, do I sign him up to do endorsements or to do whatever? And am I, am I solidifying him to go to that specific school that this business owner is a said booster of? Is the bag man legal? I think that's the biggest, probably the scariest – thoughts behind all this are they going to be able to control paying kids to go to schools okay does all of a sudden the kid is he able to sign a casual clothing contract with adidas when they're a nike school in california no okay they're not able to that was in the specific language okay that they're not able to. So if you're a Under Armour or Nike school, you cannot go out and, and say, sign an Adidas right. contract. So, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yes, of course. Is all of a sudden, is all of a sudden, does it, you know, because to be honest with you, if you look at a lot of football and the way things go, you know, be as naive as you want, when all of a sudden the school that comes out of nowhere and has the top five recruiting class two years in a row, you can pretty much bank on it that within the next five years they're going to be in trouble. <laughs> And, and you know that's that's my biggest thing is does this make does this make illegal recruiting impossible to trace? Uh, I, there's, I think that is one of the questions that needs to be answered. And and by the way, the thing that we know about all of this is is that if you are going to be in a position where you're doing something illegal, you're going to find ways around it, no matter what, no matter what, and. There are examples throughout college athletics. There are examples throughout professional athletics. There are examples in life where we see people that have nefarious ideas always find a workaround to get them for a particular time period on this. Uh, I don't know if anyone really has the answers to that. I I tend to lean more towards the side that, that says, I don't know outside of someone, for instance, a multi billion dollar NFL owner that might have connections to a particular university, why he would be willing to go out of his way to give, I don't know, 25 of the 30 players on a college roster, you know, a specific amount of money. I don't know where the, where the gain in that is particularly for him outside of just raising money for better facilities in the first place, which is already happening. Um, Personally, I don't know how much value is in that with a guy like Phil Knight who can go across the world and sign anybody he wants. So if I can go ahead and pay LeBron the money I pay LeBron or I can go play, you know, go pay Zion the money I pay Zion, why do I need to worry about paying a college kid 25000 or or $100,000? You know, I just it, – it keeps going back to I think, I think 
certain people, I think certain people right away go to the nth degree. They think about the worst possible thing that happened, yeah. the biggest thing that happened, where a lot of people are just talking about or thinking about, like we talked about earlier, the side hustle, the encore, the, the Twitter page, the Instagram mm-hmm. page. So uh, a couple of things that I want to make sure that we hit on. Um, you talk about people that automatically want to go to the worst aspect of it. At, at the end of the day, what what do you feel like concerns people the most? Here's something that, that I personally don't understand. I understand that if you are involved in the university um, and you have to figure all these situations out. But if you are just a fan that comes and watches games on the weekend, that watches games on TV, what impact is this having on you? That That's a legitimate question. What impact does this have? If you're dead set against it, and all of us have our own personal opinions on things, but is it going to mess with your start times on games? No. Is it going to take away from your experience inside a stadium? No, it's not. So there's a part of me that wonders, all right, so where's – where's some of the anger that's coming from some people on it here's the other part and i got to give credit if if you're there right now you can log on to si while it's still here may we pour one out for some of the employees getting (laughs) let go from sports illustrated today but go there now and read ed o'bannon's response to this ed brings up something and whether you Ed O'Bannon, I think it's a bad rap sometimes because he's looked at as a bad guy that helped bring down video games, for crying out loud. Right. Ed O'Bannon didn't get a dime from any of this. No. Ed O'Bannon had one of his buddy's sons come to him and be like, hey, I'm playing with you in a video game. That started a seven-year process for Ed O'Bannon. He didn't get any of this uh, money, um, but Ed helped change rules. So Ed asked the question, if this money – if everything passes in a perfect world is somehow tied to the academic side where you have to meet certain academic thresholds to get this money when, when you're done with, with your time at, at inner whatever university you want, whether it's from video games, other things, if it's tied to it academically, could that not be a positive to make you want to work harder in school to make sure that you hit a certain academic level? And also, could you then not develop curriculum around that and how to manage certain aspects of what this new world looks like outside yes. of football could we spin all of this into a giant positive that then turns it back to and points directly to the academic side? You're right. I mean, this is something that can totally be done. And if, and if it goes that route, that's what they need to do. And I think that Ed makes a great point about – because when you start talking about the hustle and you start talking about going out and trying to make money, what happens all the time is competition. And the one guy comes in and says, man, I made 100 bucks on, my, on Encore today. And the other dude says, yeah, well, I made a 1000 bucks on my YouTube channel with Encore. Then that guy, you know, there, it, it, you see it in the NFL locker room all the time. I mean, somebody gets a truck. The next dude gets the same truck, but it's lifted six inches with wheels. The next guy comes, you know, so there's, there's always a competition about it. Um, you never want to lose the sight of what everybody's really here for. And, yes, they're here for athletics and sports but they have an opportunity to get a free education. And the landscape of education the way it is today and the millions and millions and millions of dollars that, that kids leave school with as far as debt, collective debt amongst the country, you have an opportunity to go to school for free, you take advantage of it. So if you could go ahead and morph this 
into something good, money management, those types of things, I'm all for it. But what's so funny is, and you're you're right, you talk about, you know, you talk about pour one in the ground for SI, pour one in the ground for, for Ed O'Bannon, pour some in the ground for, for my man up at Notre Dame that made all the T-shirts that got in trouble up there for that. Yeah. Um, those are the those are the pioneers of the hustle. Those are the guys that were doing it a long, long time ago. I'd love nothing more than to see a dude walking through the tailgates with an old with an old newspaper uh, sack over his shoulder saying, "Hey, bro, buy buy, buy this dude's T-shirt for ten bucks." Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh-huh. The old T-shirt hustle, which you used to have all the time in Philly when you go to games. You know, whatever happened that week, they're all out selling bootleg T-shirts in the parking lots. That's that's all cool and fine and dandy, but I think you're right. It's how do you control it and still have the kids understand that, that yes, you're having an opportunity to make money. Yes, you're playing a sport, but yes, you're also here for a free education. Which still has an incredible amount of value uh, attached to it as well. Um, you mentioned how you're kind of you're right there in the middle on this. Were you surprised at your former coach Dave Raider's comments? I did not hear Dave's comments. Uh, he was in the newspaper because when this came out, obviously you want to go and you want to get comments from our representatives across the state. So they got some from Shane Stone uh, in Oklahoma City and also from Dave Rader. Um, Coach Rader's thoughts were, um, if I think if a person is able to have a job, then let them have a job. It is part of the free market system. He, and here's a quote from Dave. The coaches have known for years that if it went to court, the court would rule in favor of the individuals. You can't make laws restricting people from having jobs. That's right. I mean, that is, that is, that is totally 100% correct. The problem is when the job blurs between what you're doing as an athlete and a mm-hmm. student and the job. Yeah. That's where, the, that's where the, the language becomes the issue as far as these whole things go. But he's right. You can't – I mean, when I played, you couldn't get a job because they're all worried about – they're all worried about the bag man paying you, mm-hmm. you know, a 1000 bucks an hour to cut grass. Well, depending on what side that you fall on this, I, I just – I challenge people not to fall in line with, with talking points because they're going to be talking points on both sides. You know, take both of them, be able to analyze all of them, but also understand there's one that you will hear that I think is completely wrong, and that is, you know, taken advantage of and they get absolutely nothing. I mean, Jerry, yes. um, man, I mean, I used the example with Dr. Gregg of 10 years ago, how things have changed. <laughs> how much has it changed since you were on this campus? It's changed immensely. I mean, this this room we're sitting in right now is a prime example. Uh, we moved up from the club section today up into one of the suites to record. Um, this was a press box where they had to replace the plywood every season and the floors because chairs or a foot would go through the floor. Um, this campus has changed immensely. Um, I'm 100% with you, and that was a point I was trying to make the other day. Please don't tell me that the kid's taking advantage of and gets nothing. That's not the point. I understand that the times nowadays, money is of an essence. They get an opportunity to make money. Okay, how do we structure it? How does it look? But this, the, the fact of the matter is, for the guy that says they're taking advantage of and given nothing, 
Well, they're given an opportunity to come, and some of them cash out by going to a professional team. Some of them cash out if they do things correctly. They leave school and get a very good paying job. Your job that you get might not be the professional athlete job that you wanted, but it is a good job. Mm -hmm. Not all of us are made to do one thing or the other. So don't I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I, that's my biggest well, problem is I get told constantly how horrible it is and how bad it is. All right, so some final thoughts from you on this. I would guess we'll be back talking about and it again yes, with, this is with some of the brass. I would like nothing more than to have maybe a roundtable discussion at some point about this where we have not only Dr. Greg, but we bring in compliance and maybe some of our associate ADs, maybe even bring in a, 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 um, a faculty representative as well. I also think that, you know, it would be, it would be someone that has, that has the ability that specializes in this type of law too, I think would be yes. an, a very important part of this yeah. uh, to look at it from, from the other perspectives on it. All right, that's going to do it from us today at the suite level of In the Club. Jerry, thank you for your time. Thanks. Extremely you. busy individual, as we all are this time of the year. We'll see you back here next week on In the Club. This is Eye of the Hurricane podcast, the official podcast of University of Tulsa Athletics. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Golden Hurricane Sports Network. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.